With coffee in hand, I'm Adam Wright, ready to go for another episode of Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. It's so good to be with you on this Thursday morning, August 10th, and we've got some great stuff in store for you today on the show. But before we get to any of that, let us begin our day in prayer. We pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I am just so excited to be with you this morning. I'll be honest with you. I woke up at 4 o'clock this morning. I usually try to get up by 5.30 uh, to get here to the studio on time for the show. But I got up at 4 o'clock this morning, and I said, you know, by the time I go back to sleep, then the alarm's going to go off, and I'm going to wake up even more tired than I am. So seize the day. Let's get up. Let's go. That's what I did. And uh, what a beautiful morning it has been. Uh, but there is a lot of coffee going with it when you get up at 4 a.m. It is the feast of one of my favorite saints, St. Lawrence. Uh, the, the great joke, turn me over, I'm done on this side. He was burned alive. We'll hear more about him and his martyrdom later from Mike Roberts. But I uh, you know, I made a video last night on my personal social media for my friends, and I was making some barbecue for my pastor, including some barbecue beans. And uh, I said, you know, this is all for the feast of St. Lawrence, right? And I, I'm praying for two things. One, the courage to witness to the faith in such a way that if martyrdom is what it meant, then martyrdom is what it would mean, and that I wouldn't forsake the faith, that I would have that courage to suffer for our Lord. But also praying for the grace that when I do suffer, whether it's that suffering for the faith or just suffering in general, as I like to say, don't waste your suffering. I pray for the grace to always have a cheerful spirit with it. I I love St. Philip Neri, who always reminds us to be cheerful, that even in the midst of suffering, I could have that that grace to say something to the effect of, turn me over, I'm done on this side. Uh, Not that I anticipate me being barbecued anytime soon. I don't anticipate being on the rotisserie. Uh, Speaking of which, barbecue beans it couldn't be any easier pound to a pound and a half of ground chuck depending on how much meat you like in your barbecue beans use uh, brown that in a pan with a little salt and pepper saute one yellow onion one green pepper dice both of those put all of that in a crock pot with four pounds of your favorite baked beans out of a can add a cup of brown sugar a cup of barbecue sauce stir it all together let it cook on low for at least four hours i'll tell you this it's one of those things that you put it in the fridge it's even better the next day after it's sat all night in the fridge and those flavors are melting. Speaking of things that are great today, we've got a homily for you. Why confess to a priest? It's a two-parter we're going to listen to today, as well as a homily on rooting out anger. And then we are going to also finish up with Greg Robeson talking about the seven deadly sins. Today we're talking about sloth. But as I said, first, got to go to Mike Roberts to get our weather and hear about our saint of the day, St. Lawrence, deacon and martyr. Today is the feast day of St. Lawrence, deacon and martyr. Born in what is now Spain in the early 3rd century, Lawrence crossed paths with a great teacher who would later become Pope Sixtus II. Sixtus, named Lawrence Bishop of Rome, and put him in charge of the church's wealth. Immediately, he began 
an organized and concerted effort to look after orphans, widows, and the poor. But in the year 258, Roman Emperor Valerian issued an edict condemning all priests and bishops to death for hatred of the human race, and Pope Sixtus was among those beheaded. Valerian, knowing Lawrence controlled all the church finances and property, offered to spare his life if he would hand over the church treasure. Lawrence agreed, asking for three days. Then he gathered the poor and those in need and presented them to Valerian, saying, These are the riches of the church. Incensed, Valerian condemned Lawrence to die by being burned alive on a gridiron, a death to which Lawrence went while joking with his executioners. He was so loved and admired that his brutal martyrdom became a tipping point in the Christian conversion of Rome, and it seems even the heavens took notice. The Perseids meteor shower, which began in mid-July, peaks this week and for centuries has been referred to as the Tears of St. Lawrence. St. Lawrence, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Prayer Before a Crucifix Good and sweetest Jesus, before thy face I humbly kneel, and with the greatest fervor of spirit I pray and beseech thee to fix deep in my heart lively sentiments of faith, hope, and charity, true sorrow for my sins, and a firm purpose of amendment, while I consider thy five most precious wounds, having before my eyes the words of David the prophet concerning thee, my Jesus. They have pierced my hands and my feet. They have numbered all my bones. One time my kids and I were at the zoo and they said, Dad, what is that animal there? It's not moving very fast. I said, that is a sloth. And by the way, kids, that's also one of the seven deadly sins. We've been talking about all seven of them with Greg Robes, and today is that final one, number seven, sloth or laziness. Greg, how do we combat this in our lives? Well, we got to get at root causes, Adam, and ask ourselves, you know, if we're sitting still uh, too much, what, what's, why? What am I made for? Um, I know one of the, the deceptions I've fallen for is that uh, in some way, if I can get through this whole Netflix series, I'm going to be satisfied. I've got to, you know, it becomes compulsive. I have to see every episode. And and what inevitably happens, you get through the series and then you miss the characters. You're like, oh, uh, what do I do now? <laughs> well, And that feeling is because there's no show, there's no drama, there's no storyline that can fill that hole in our hearts. So we got to get get down under uh, the cause of sloth. The solution to that is diligence. It's this habit of good projects. Asking the question, what am I made for? What skills and talents has God given me? How can I press them into service today? If you caught the, uh, the piece on lust and uh, chastity, uh, diligence plays in well here. So for, for getting bored, we've got to have a plan in mind. This is a project I'm working on, but also this attitude of God has made me for greater things and uh, I need to be busy about the kingdom. How how am I doing things today in the natural world that are using the skills he's given me to bring about heaven on earth? We talk about how all of these virtues and all of these sins are kind of intertwined 
And this is a great example of how we can conquer more than one sin with God's grace by practicing these virtues. So I think of I don't want to sit around trying to be filled up by this series that I'm watching because, oh, then I'll just be happier if I can get through all 20 episodes. You know what? Have a plan. Tomorrow, instead of sitting on the couch and watching the series, I'm going to go to the soup kitchen and volunteer, which, by the way, helps me combat that sin of envy and also that sin of greed that we were talking about earlier. So these are all great things. And we're going to end with a saint. You know, in each of these sins, we've called to attention a saint who could help us with their intercession and with their example. And today we go to the Curie of Ars, the great priest, St. John Vianney. Yeah, St. John was... the priest of priests, the archdiocesan priest saint. This is a man who could tell you your sins before you told him. You come to confession, he, the father would be like, I know, I know. <laughs> so can you imagine the demand on a priest who can read souls? Can you imagine the type of spiritual direction you would get from a St. John Vianney? People came from all over. The confession lines were insane. And so uh, diligence here with St. John Vianney, here's a man who was given a specific gift, happened to be in the spiritual order with regard to his, to holy orders, to, to uh, his priesthood, but he didn't have to wonder too much. The demand, people were coming from all over. He could see the kingdom of God being brought about by his diligence and uh, it was, wasn't a lot of Netflix and chill with St. John Vianney. He was focused on helping souls in a very particular way. So I guess the lesson from him is do what God's calling you to do. Occupy yourself with that. For him, it was his priesthood, in particular being a confessor. For you and me, it's going to be something different, but get busy doing it. That's the lesson today. Right. Yeah. Amen, brother. Yeah. So I've got five kiddos before me all the time. A question that can be before me every day is, what does diligence look like? Is it something with their schoolwork? Is it just playing? Like these children of God command diligence out of me. Well, Greg, this has been great, and I want to thank you for taking the time with us these past few days to talk about these seven deadly sins and different virtues we can practice. If you want to share these with someone you know, be sure to click like and subscribe on our YouTube channel and and hit share, or go to the Roadmap to Heaven podcast, and you can take any of these episodes and share them with a friend. And do us a favor, click like and subscribe there. It really helps spread it to those who are looking for good Catholic content. Greg Robson, thanks for being with us today. A Prayer to Redeem Lost Time by St. Teresa of Avila O my God, source of all mercy, I acknowledge your sovereign power. While recalling the wasted years that are past, I believe that you, Lord, can in an instant turn this loss to gain. Miserable as I am, yet I firmly believe that you can do all things. Please restore to me the time lost, giving me your grace, both now and in the future, that I may appear before you in wedding garments. Amen. We stop on this Thursday for our daily dose of encouragement, and I've been thinking today about things I love. And, well, all week long, Patty, you have been reminding us about 2,000 years of continuity that we love in our Catholic faith. Well, and it's so that we can have assurance and confidence that we are standing on the rock of Jesus Christ and the church that he established when we can look to what we do today and see that it goes all the way back to the beginning. It's just mind-boggling, actually, to me. So here's another question for us. How do we know? 
that the mass is the highest and purest form of worship. The mass itself is 2,000 years of continuity, how Jesus set it up. So I go back to St. Justin the Martyr. Again, this awesome early church father who lived around the year 100 to 165. He wrote the following. And I want you to notice the similarity to what was done in the earliest of times to what we still do today at every Mass. Here's the quote from St. Justin the Martyr. On the day called Sunday... All who live in the towns or country gather at the meeting where the memoirs of the apostles and writings of the prophets are read. When the reader has finished, the presider gives a verbal admonition exhorting us to imitate these beautiful things. So let me take a pause there. So right there you have the liturgy of the word and the homily, right? The readings of the apostles and the prophets, and then a little exhortation right there. Okay, back to the quote. Afterwards, we rise together and offer up prayers. There you go. There's the prayers of the faithful. I mean, it's so obvious. Okay, back to the quote. Once we have finished our prayers, then the bread, wine, and water are brought forward, and the presider offers prayers and thanksgivings as he is able. The people respond in assent, saying, Amen. Does that sound like our Eucharistic prayer or what, right? The great Amen that follows it. Back to the quote. Following this is the distribution and reception of the elements made into the Eucharist. And then the deacon takes it to those not present, just like we do today, bringing Holy Communion to the homebound. Even the collection, again, I can't believe this, even the collection, having an offertory collection goes back 2,000 years. Here's what St. Justin the Martyr wrote. Among the prosperous, each gives from his own goods as he sees fit, and what is collected is deposited with the presider. He then distributes it to orphans and widows, giving it also to the sick or those who have some other need. I just looked at this and went, oh my gosh, everything is right there from the beginning. Our liturgy is still the liturgy of the early church. Liturgy of the Word, liturgy of the Eucharist, 2,000 years of continuity. And those who think the early church was just spontaneous and free-flowing, do whatever you want, well, these writings prove otherwise. Be in awe next time you go to Mass and believe with all your being that the Mass is the Mass is the Mass is the Mass for 2,000 years. What is it you've been saying all week? 2,000 years of continuity. Gotta love it. I'd like to give you a heads up that next week, Tuesday, August 15th, is a beautiful, beautiful holy day of obligation, the Solemnity of the Assumption of Mary. I look forward to celebrating it. But I have to tell you, my mass schedule changed. Our mass schedule changed at the parish. So it caught me off guard and it was like, oh, I'll just go that night. Oh, wait, I can't go that night. It's either the night before or the morning of. So I have to have a plan. Now, because it's Holy Day of Obligation, we will be pre-recording a show for Tuesday. I won't be with you live. We'll still have the show, but it will be pre-recorded. And I will be at 8 o'clock mass with my wife. And it'll be a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, so keep that in mind. You may have to check your mass schedule. Double check your mass schedule. For those of you who work, do you have a plan? How are you going to get to mass for the Holy Day of Obligation and work? You know, is there a lunchtime mass near you? Is there an evening mass? Figure it out. Don't fret about it. Start planning now and it won't be a problem. But don't forget to put that in your calendar, in your phone, wherever you need the reminder. Tuesday is a holy day of obligation. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. 
St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Once again, as always, thank you for listening to Roadmap to Heaven. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright, and it has been an absolute joy to be with you this morning. I want to encourage you, as daunting as it may seem to get up before the alarm clock, I have zero regrets today about getting up at 4 a.m. instead of trying to go back to sleep for an hour knowing that I was going to then wake up groggy and cranky and grumpy. So, you know, maybe seize the day next time you wake up before the alarm clock. And as the Blessed Mother wants us to do every day, pray your rosary today.